0: And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkins. where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. 5, 6, 7, 8, let's get started. Turn it up, you tune it in to Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking, cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy about to go all in. 5, 6, 7, eight, we're on, let's begin. This is episode number 50. Not sure if there's going to be a 51, but thank you for joining. Here we are back. I don't even know what I'm talking about, B. <laughs> Okay, great episode for you guys. Okay, for real this time. Here we go. This is episode number 50. Not sure if there's going to be a 51, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys. Super excited to get into everything that we have talking about today. Guys, I'm a mess. Here we go. Be for real this time. For real this time. For real. For real. Last time. Last time no matter what. I always say that to the kids. Last time no matter what.
1: Here, just let me do it. (laughs) This is episode 50. Not sure if there's going to be a 51. Things are a little bit different this week. Jason has the jitters, so I'm introducing us. We have a great episode for you guys. We have the question of the week from Sounds Like That. We have Cheer A to Z. And then Jason is going to let us know how practice went with a senior-led athlete leading the practice. But before we get into that, let me go ahead and introduce the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, your host, Jason Larkin.
0: There we go. That's how you do an intro. Episode number 50. Let's go, party people. Guys, I didn't have the jitters. I had the giggles, just so it's known. I just can't stop. (laughs) and my brain's not working right now. So episode number 50, here we go. And let me introduce to you, I'm sure all you guys knew who that was, but that was the one, the only, don't be less when you can be more, be more. We're episode number 50, um, you know, started from the bottom. Now we're here. How you feel? How you, are you ready for episode number 50? Like when you think back about, you know, the show getting here, you know, what are your thoughts?
1: I honestly, I didn't really think like it was going to go on this long. I'm really glad that it did. Um, It kind of gives me something to look forward to every week. Um, You know, just one little episode with me interviewing you turned into a full blown podcast that hopefully our listeners love and enjoy me being on here. Um, I've definitely learned a bunch that I didn't even know about from you, so um, I love it. I mean, did you ever think we'd be here, 50 episodes?
0: There you go. No, 50 episodes in, you know. So, real quick, welcome all of our new listeners. I know that there's always someone new tuning in to the show, so welcome anyone who's new. Be sure to, you know, subscribe so you can check out episodes. We release them every Tuesday, and you guys, every listen – is truly appreciated like really is uh we do the show for you guys so but yeah you know we think back to the first episode and obviously back then it was just me and it was during quarantine and it was like what should you know should I be doing anything I was trying to pick up new skills and new hobbies because you know we're all locked in the house and so many people had said hey Jason you should start a podcast I had people tell me that or you should write a book or you should do this and you know, I was just sitting there like, okay, maybe it's time to pull the trigger on this podcast thing. And I called out, I, I reached out to a couple of friends who I knew, that I knew who had podcasts and just got some feedback from them and was like, all right, I, I think I can do this. I have some ideas I want to share with the world. And who knows how long this is going to last. You know, I did the blog thing for a little bit, but the blog thing was kind of on and off. And, you know, but, and, and I, and I've seen other friends start, uh either podcasts or YouTube channels or you know and all of us hop into things that we're not sure are actually going to not that we're not sure they're gonna last. We have full intentions of them lasting, but you know, life you get busy and then you get distracted and then you move on to the next thing and so you know start off that first episode like hey this episode number one not entirely sure if there's gonna be an episode two but you know thanks for joining right and we've kept going and who knows where life is going to take us, but it's cool to sit back and go, man, we've reached episode number 50. And first we are super sporadic and, you know, I would just kind of wait for something in the cheer world to happen and then something would happen and then I would like kind of respond to it and go, okay, here we go. And I was on for like 15, 20 minutes or so. Like, okay, that was a good episode. And, and I kind of wait and they were like super sporadic. And then. Ashley was pregnant during the time that we got really, you know, we were just chilling. until so the world, nothing's going on in the world. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. So we go on this long hiatus. We have Joey. And but I'm still thinking, like, I really want to do this podcast. I really liked doing the podcast. Obviously, we did our thing on the Instagram Live. So for those of you guys who don't know, here's actually how B and I got started. B's actually a, a parent in our gym. And um, we needed some content on the uh, Instagram one day. And she's like, "Hey, what if we did a, a, you know, ask a coach segment on, you know, Instagram Live?" And I'm like, "Cool." So Brittany comes up with all of these different questions that she wants to ask a real life cheer coach, cheer director, and so we go on Instagram and we do this whole thing, and it worked out. I was like, "Man, that, that went really well. That was really cool. We should do this again sometime." And. You know, I start the podcast up again, like a month later, two months later, or whatever, and I'm feeling like, man, but at the time, I'm just literally sitting where I'm recording in in the closet of our bedroom, and <laughs> it's just me by myself, talking to myself, basically reading off of a script, and I'm trying to make it, you know, perfect. And guys, you have no idea how long it took me to do that intro just now, which I didn't end up doing, Right. <laughs> but I'm trying to do that for a whole podcast Like a whole, you know, 20 minutes long And I'm like, oh man, I messed up again Right? So um, But I was like, it, it would just be easier If I was just talking to someone like B We did that episode, hey, you should come on an episode And interview me again, right? And mm-hmm. we did that, and, I, and for a while I sat on it for a while Thinking like, I really should invite Brittany To be a part of the podcast and be a part of it like permanent like a mainstay of the show and thought about for a while finally you know grew the courage, grew enough courage to ask you and be like hey b i think you should be a part of the show and you know so graciously you have joined us and you are people's like favorite part of the show like i i try to tell you every time someone comes out uh, reaches out to me but people love you you know i go to competitions and people are like where, where's B more at? Like, I need to meet B more. Like, where is she at? Like, oh yeah, she's right here. Oh, she's a, you know, she's a great chair parent. So, um, you've become one of the staples of the show. People's like favorite part of the show. So, we couldn't have reached episode fifty without you. So, thank you. Here we go. Um, we're gonna give you some. Uh... Thank you, B. We appreciate you. But well, yeah here we thank
1: are. you. I appreciate that and to anyone that thinks I'm a great cheer mom, thank you so much um, i ha- I truly have a blast on here. Um, you know, some days I come in looking all prim and proper with my hair done and my makeup done. Um, clearly this week I look like a hot mess. <laughs> this time change has really truly messed me up um, but I have loved it. It's been so much fun and you know. We just keep getting better and better. We keep learning. And I really like seeing all the questions that are sent in from different coaches and different parents and anything like that. Um, You know, you never know what's going on at someone else's gym and you never know what's going on in someone else's mind and questions that I don't really care about. Well, not that I don't care about, but that I wouldn't ask myself. Like, it's not something like I'm like, eh, I, I mean, it's not really a big deal to me, are a big deal to other people. So being able to present those parent questions to you that other parents have has, I think, really helped other people at other gyms bridge the gap between parents and coaches. And I think that's a main thing in the cheer world. Um, so hopefully we keep on trucking.
0: There we go. I saw this. Um, I posted an episode. A couple weeks ago on one of our coaches pages and you know a bunch of coaches commented like in support of of the podcast like hey i listen it's a great listen and you know if you're another coach you should go ahead and listen to it as well and we had a bunch of people so thank you to everyone who does listen and it was cool because it started off with um a bunch of friends right friends would hop on that i know who i know listen to the show hey i listen to the show it's a great episode or it's a great show you should check it out And then obviously people would hop on who I had no idea either who they were or that they listened, right? And they were like, you know, supporting the channel and being, oh yeah, you've got to listen, or I'm gonna going to listen. But this happened several times. In the comments, people put it feels good to have to, you know, hear another coach, gym director, right, going through the same things that I'm going through. It makes me not feel alone. Mm -hmm. That I'm not the only one going through these these issues and these problems and you know that that's very true I, I feel like sometimes i often feel like i'm the only one that's going through the issues i'm going through and i have to mm-hmm. sit back and go like no everyone is going through this, and this happens all the time in practice um you know always it's like inevitable before a big competition someone gets injured right and and, the, and you can see the team morale just shift and change. And I always remind the kids, like, at this time of the season, like, this this is happening to everyone across the nation. Everyone is having these same issues. We're not the only one dealing with these issues. So, one, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. But, two, we got to know, like, you know, it's not about having a perfect season, but it's about really being able to persevere through our ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a coach at home right now and you just had a an injury – or you know, you know, kids moving right now, and you're like, ah, that kind of sucks. You know, all gyms are going through these same exact things right now. And obviously, we all went through COVID together, so we know exactly how that was. But we're all going through it right now. So I encourage you. Um, it's not about I said this a couple weeks ago when you're. It's not about the pro. It's not about the prize. It's about the process, and you know, overcoming those those different obstacles. But guys, all of that to say, <clears throat> thank you for joining. Thankful. That we're here at episode number 50. <clears throat> Thankful that we're here at episode number 50. And um, let's have a great episode for you guys today. So, like B said, we've got, I'm going to talk about our senior led practice. We'll talk about uh, some scoring stuff and, you know, we've got some other things we'll talk about. So, um, our senior led practice. So, I said this the last time we were on, I was talking about those different books that I've been reading. Or maybe it wasn't the last time maybe it was a few episodes ago. um, but those different books I've been reading, not the different books. one new book I was reading about developing character and 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 how character when you start with character that fuels everything else, right so if you have a team full of lazy athletes, it doesn't matter how good your your scheme is for practice or how good the choreography is. Lazy kids just don't execute uh you know don't execute practice, right? They don't follow through with practice. So you need hardworking athletes full of character, right? You need kids that are going to be enthusiastic kids who are happy to be at practice and express enjoyment. And, you know, you need these different character qualities first before you can start building an actual team. So the particular chapter I was on was talking about trust and how to build trust within your team. And and real quick, I always get this question. I won't say always. I've gotten this question several times now, so I think we're going to do a like top five. My top five favorite coaching books, or my top five favorite books that have influenced my coaching. So I think that'd be cool. So maybe I'll do that in one of these episodes. But I think it'd be really cool. And I'll you know let everyone know where to get it. Um, This particular book that I'm talking about right now is called What Drives Winning. And so I'll leave a link in the comment and on the comments in the description. So uh, feel free to check that out. You know, click the, it'll be an Amazon link and you can go and buy the book yourself. if You want it. a really good book. So what drives winning? But um, anyway, talks about how to be trustworthy and trust willing. So trustworthy means that people are willing to give you their trust, right? You people can depend on you and count on you and trust willing is that you're actually willing to trust other people? So you need to have both of those things. Where those two things intersect is what is called trust. And so, how to build trust with within your team. And it talked about having an athlete led practice. And this particular chapter was like really geared towards athletes. So was, I was like reading it, and I was like, "Oh, this guy is like specifically talking to athletes, not co- talking to coaches right now." And at the end, and he talks about how. The benefits of an athlete led practice. And then at the end, it's like, so if you're, if you think you should have an athlete led practice, or here's how you should ask, ask your coach if you're going to have an athlete led practice. If your coach is hesitant, give your coach these reasons why you should have an athlete led practice. So I'm sitting there reading it myself. Obviously, my kids aren't reading this book, but I'm reading it, feeling conflicted. Like, yeah, I really want to have an athlete led practice. You know, like I want to have a, a coach led practice. We got things to do around here, people. <laughs> so but I'm sitting there and I was giving me these reasons. Again, like it builds trust um with the athletes. And and I really want the athletes to trust each other and just this camaraderie stuff. And there's other things in the chapter that made me think like maybe this is something we should actually do. I happened to read this at the right time. It was a Thursday morning when I finished that chapter. Uh, J-Red practices on Thursday evenings. And I thought to myself, well, I have some good seniors on this team. I have some really good seniors on this team that I trust. It's actually the practice before choreography because we just got done with uh, choreography revamps for or for the summit. So I was like, "Well, we have practice we have choreography this weekend. I have some really good seniors, and so there's not a lot. Why, why does that matter about choreography? Because you know, we spend a lot of time like drilling sections or you know working on whatever, and we already been working on." like kind of the the new things we want to add into the routine. And I knew like the kids would cover those things. But it's not like, it wasn't like the practice before a huge event. It was a practice before we were going to get a new routine. So I kind of figured like, well, there's not a ton of risk right now if it's a bad practice, right? Yeah. So I figured, all right, I have seniors that I trust on the team. There's not a ton of risk involved with, if they have a bad, pro- or if it's not as productive as I'd like it to be, uh, because we're going to get this new choreography, and then I definitely have to be the one to run the practice. And it can't be after this, because we have new choreography, and you know, there's just new things that you know we have to be able to do as coaches, right? That the kids just don't simply know, right? And um, so I figured this is the most perfect time to have this practice. So I reached out to the athletes. You know, the seniors on the team said, hey, guys, I want to have a a senior-led practice. You guys are in charge. You guys are going to make the practice schedule. You guys are going to run. Like, you guys are actually going to coach it, and everything is in your corner. Let me know if you need anything. And so, you know, they ran this practice, and it actually went really, really well. Well, it's really funny. It did go really well. What was funny about the practice is I expected it to be – I kind of, maybe not that kind of feel, I assume at practice that kids sit during one of our practices and go, man, I wish we could do this right now. I wish we could do this. And I figured this was their opportunity to make all of their own dreams come true. Like this is what we should do at practice. It was very funny that it was a carbon copy of one of our practices. Like nothing changed about the practice. One thing changed about the practice. But it was a carbon copy of our practices. It was very funny uh, that they did the exact same thing. Like, they still conditioned, you know? And I'm like, wow, they, they kept conditioning in? Um, and they didn't, like, skip – they didn't, like, um, like skip all the hard stuff in conditioning. Like, you know, we're just going to pick, like, the easy drills to do in conditioning. Um, they yeah. picked, like good, like, good stuff to do for conditioning. Um, and they did, like, a carbon copy of our practice – except it was athlete led and you know, they would count for each other. And so I saw morale go up. Uh, I learned some things cause I got to actually just view practice and watch mm-hmm. how practice actually runs and go, okay, actually when I do that, it would be more efficient if we did this because I got the view. I was actually judging their practice instead of running my own practice. Right. So I was like, Oh, you know, when I do that, we actually should do it like that. So I learned a lot watching them run this practice and it was cool the kids felt really or they seemed like they were really bought in to that practice. They were a lot they were very respectful f- to each other. I was actually, that's actually what I was really worried about is that they weren't going to be respectful to each other, you know, cuz you know how the kids get they get snippy with each other and
1: yeah. you know
0: you're, you're you're not my coach, right? Why do I need to listen yeah, to you? Right? But they were super respectful of each other, very respectful of each other. And I could see that they were a little bit more efficient because they knew, like, hey, like, I can't, we can't not be efficient right now. Like, We can't be talking over each other. Like, it's our teammates, right? So they they did a really good job of respecting each other. They did a really good job. Our leaders, shout out to our seniors who led that practice. Shout out to, let's see, who was that? Paige, Lacey, and Lacey, (laughs) that's Paige's mom. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> Macy, Paige, and Michaela. So shout out to those three. And yeah, um, they did a great job. So it was yeah. a good time. So coaches, I would, I would do it again. I would definitely do it again. I probably won't do it again this year, just because of the timeline we're on with Nashville and the summit. But I would definitely do it again during the summer, or if we had. Like I would do it again after an event. So that's the time. And here's a free coach's tip for you guys. Wasn't gonna talk about this. But you have to manage the ebbs and flows of practice. One of the big things you have to do is the kids they feel a certain type of way about practice. The practice before NCA, the kids are dialed in. The practice directly after NCA, the kids don't have a care in the world, right? And it's like that with pretty much all events the week leading up to event the kids are pretty dialed in the practice directly after an event especially if they are successful if they go out if they win the competition if they're the grand champs if they you know they're very successful at a competition that next practice when they come back you know they they're just not as emotionally invested in the practice because they they, they need time to kind of like relax a little bit right and go like ah i feel satisfied right so mm-hmm. a practice after a big event is a good time when you could do an athlete-led practice um because the athletes just aren't i had to learn that at pcm because i told this one of a po- couple podcasts ago i'm dialed in always i'm like yo let's go and even the practice after NCA. I'm ready to put in that work. I'm not trying to take days off. Like I'm trying to get ready to go. Yeah. So, but I've had to learn that when the kids aren't on that same wavelength, like I stress myself out trying to get them to put in as much effort the practice after NCA as they do the practice before NCA. Right. So. Yeah. So I trend I tend to do different things on those days so that we can be productive, but I don't have to get mad for the kids not giving a hundred percent of their their efforts skill-wise. So we'll do a lot of so that's when we'll we'll talk about score sheets a lot. Like so that eat up a lot of time of practice. Like we talk about score sheets, which is obviously important. So that's a great time. That's when I talk about score sheets. The practice after the event because the kids aren't necessarily as focused to do their skills the way they should do their skills. Mm-hmm. And and I don't have to get mad at them for not doing their skills the way I want them to do their skills. So we talk about the score sheet and talk about some things we want to change in the routine. And, and you know, we'll tighten up some things. And anyway. So anyway. Um. Yeah. So that's a great time to have athlete like I, I would do it again. I would do it again during the summer. And I probably even wouldn't even just restrict it to seniors. It was a good cutoff because with that team, I was like thinking, who should lead this practice. We have a lot of really good teams or a lot of really good kids on this team. A lot of really good leaders on this team. yeah. And I don't know who to like narrow it down to. Cause I could have, I could have had 10 kids up there leading practice that day who I would have felt really comfortable with. But I was like, well, wow, you can't have 10 kids, you know, planning, you know, too many chefs in the kitchen. That's not going to go well. I thought, oh, we have seniors. So I but I would do it like we have a good group of flyers that I would do it with, right? And obviously, not obvious, but our flyers are the younger kids on the team. And I would let our flyers with that group of flyers, I would let them run a practice. Uh, right. So I would do it not necessarily with just seniors, but with kids that do things the right way, who I'd want the team to go, oh yeah, she does not That's that's the example I want to set for everyone, right? So yep. anyway, um Good to hear. Very good yeah, to hear. Good. Glad yeah, it that was... it went great. Yeah, it was. It was good. Maybe one of these days, Rylan, Kensley, they'll be running practice one day.
1: Maybe. So awesome. if you're a coach and you take Jason's advice on athlete or senior-led practice, please let us know how it worked out for your gym.
0: Uh, yeah, and if you are a competitor of mine, please do that like the month leading up to the summit. That would be Actually, it might be Stop beneficial. It. it might be like that was the best idea ever. <laughs> right, I just slayed everybody. It was so good. I got to take a vacation, gave myself a raise. Right. Anyway, I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? B, we got the. It uh, sounds like that question of the week.
1: Yes, we sure do.
0: All right, here we go. I'm gonna. I wanted to think of a new line like every week, but I didn't think of that before this moment. So. I know I did that one because that line's always stuck in my head. Um I don't even know. I don't even know what line to do because we have so many good lines. Name a team. Give me a team.
1: For American?
0: Yeah, just name an American team. Youth Black. Youth Black. Oh, they got some good stuff. Um I can't even think. I don't even know. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do your daughter's team. Your daughter's team? Um all dubs all day. Keep them elsewhere out my way. We I don't know the how the recipe goes. they <laughs> the the regional champs are here to slay. Da, 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 da. I don't know. Anyway, so I just butchered that. But if you want lines that you can't memorize and say on the spot, then go to the comment or go to the description below. Hey, click on the link. Click on sounds like that. Sounds like that really, guys. They give us the best music ever. Yep. Always on time, always on time with the, the with the track, always on time with our edits. Just the best, because we know that music producers have not been known to be very punctual. So we get great music that's punctual, and it's awesome. So SoundsLikeThat.com, ask for Casey, and tell them the Let's Talk to Your Podcast saying you. Anyway, what's our Sounds Like That question of the week?
1: This is from Shay McAfee, and... He or she, I'm not sure which, It's very, um, they said, what I don't understand is number of athletes participating in stunts. If there is a team of 15 athletes, only two stunt groups are needed for max numbers, but shouldn't a third stunt group be added for higher difficulty score?
0: That is a great question. So, so B, Oh, I'll say I'll state the question again because I like doing that. (laughs) To have to max out in stunt or to to get into the high range, you need on a team of 15 to get into the high range. You need to put up you need to have two stunt groups. But with 15 athletes, can't you put up three stunt groups? And shouldn't that be what you need to do to have the highest, you know, the highest score? Right. Basically, is what the question is. Mm hmm. So, here we go. Let's talk about that. Um yes, that is true, but it's not written in stone. So, here's what he's saying, B. In the on the score sheet, on the varsity score sheet, they have a list of numbers. Hey, if you have this many kids on your team, you need to put up this many stunts. If you have this many kids on your team, you need to put up this many stunts and with that when when you put up that many stunts those amount of kids need to do this many stunts right so he's saying hey when you have a team of 15 they say you only need to put up two stunts two stunt groups and those two stunt groups need to do four stunts right and it gets a little bit deeper than that but that's basically it you have 15 kids you need to have two stunt groups and those two stunt groups need to do four stunts but with 15 kids you can put up you know three stunt groups right Yep. In pods of four. You can put up three sun groups. Is it so? Shouldn't you shouldn't that be what maxes you out is having three sun groups instead of two? So yeah, and that's it's one of the things they consider, but it's not written in stone. So it's hard to like that's like the hard part is you don't know there's so many different factors that go into your difficulty score. It's kind of hard to place it on just one, right? So it's kind of a weird. I'm not sure if we're actually gonna get a good answer out of this because it's it's so based on my experience. I don't judge. This is based on my experience of watching routines, having routines go out on the floor and getting scores back and seeing what who wins and who doesn't win, right? Based on those trends, but. A third stunt group, in my opinion, should be added to max out your score. Now, I don't always see that you have to have full numbers to max out. My example is Youth Black. This year, or actually every year we've had Youth Black. Youth Black is our youth level three team. And youth level three, we're a medium team, and we've always had lots of kids on the team, right, um, 24 25 26 30 kids on youth black so we keep it pretty full in the three years that we've had them every year we've used five stunt groups so we've had front spots on the teams every year we've every every year we've had youth black we use front spots right so a main Mm -hmm. a second a back a flyer and a front right so five kids in the stunt group and we've had some pretty decent scores so, where our scores go higher, if we didn't have front spots, yeah, maybe, but I don't know, but our stunts have never really been the most difficult with youth black, and so I don't even think if we had seven stunt groups going up that we ever that we really would have seen a change in our score. I don't think we would have seen a change in our score based on we had seven stunt groups now maybe we would have maybe a judge would have went. Wow, that's seven youth, youth age kids doing those. You know, four or five yeah. stunts. Maybe they would go, man, that's really impressive, and, and we would have seen a spike in our score. But our our stunts were never really that difficult. When I compare it to what else you can do, what a junior age, uh, level three team can do, or like a senior three can do, right? And so, that's one thing, right? Now, I, I, I do feel that when I see it on, like, Senior Black, that when we have... I do see this on Senior Black, that when we have, like, a couple of groups watered down, not necessarily that they have front spots, but then when we have... We, we put up seven stunt groups on Senior Black. If we have a few groups... That are watered down the entire time, like two or like two or three groups that like just flat out aren't doing the stunt. We get into high range, and I kind of feel like this stunt is difficult enough for us to get like a perfect 4.0. But when it's obvious that we have three groups, two groups, not really one group, when we have like two to three groups like not doing anything in the elite or just like kind of minimum skills in the elite that that seems to have an impact on our score like I would feel like I kind of felt like that's a 4.0 elite but it's obvious that so many kids aren't doing it. Um cleanliness I feel pays a plays a big part in your difficulty. That is execution. Yes, I know. Cheer Twitter world, don't come at me. But I feel that when a team really executes their elite that I see it that, that I see it bleed over to the difficulty that they reward difficulty when the when the pictures are very clear and and the, and the judges can actually see what the elite looks like that I see that it gets rewarded in difficulty even if I didn't think it was the most difficult stunt like I go hey you know I don't think that's the most difficult stunt but it gets executed so well that they increase our difficulty right so I see that. Um, my, that's, that's the hard thing about scoring is you just don't, you really don't know, which now everyone's going, that's why we need a code of points. Um, Hey guys, speaking of code of points, I think we're going to do a, uh, I think we're gonna do a code of points episode and bring on people to actually talk about what code of points is why it works or why it in theory work, why in theory it should work for cheerleading also, but here's the the twist. They'll have people who aren't necessarily for code of points on the episode as well. And they will have some things to say and some thoughts of their own about code of points, because it is, it does seem to be a, it does seem to be a groundswell about code of points right now. And I will be, well, the plan is for me to be the moderator and me just kind of, stay neutral in the whole thing maybe i'll get i'm assuming i'll give my opinion at some point about whatever but i think those little they're hard to judge between two two groups that's what makes it hard because we have two groups versus three groups yes we know three groups is harder than two groups but if the two group stunt is just flat out harder than the three groups who actually gets more points in difficulty. And so the judges have a lot to weigh in that. So yeah, it should in theory, but it's like this. With gas, and we're not gonna talk about gas prices right now, people, but we're gonna talk about putting money in your gas tank, right? Sometimes if you put $20 in your gas tank, you're going to see the needle actually move, right? You know, you're on E, you put $20 in your gas tank. When you turn the car on, you'll actually see the needle move, right? If you put 20 cents in your gas tank, yes, you put gas in your gas tank, but you're not going to actually see the needle actually move. Yes, we put more gas in our gas tank. Why didn't this move? Well, you didn't put enough gas for the needle. You need to put 20 bucks in right now for the needle to actually move. And so. That's one of those things where, where yeah, we added a third stunt group, but our stunts just aren't that difficult. And so you might not actually see the needle move. Yes, people will acknowledge, like everyone knows, yeah, that was more difficult and that some was more difficult. But it wasn't difficult enough to actually move you a 10th because that team is doing what you're doing, but they're doing it, everything to a heel stretch, which is actually enough to move the needle. Or they're doing everything and they added a twist, right? So. That's the hard part. Not sure if I actually answered that question, but, um,
1: I think you yeah. did a good job.
0: i try my best. From it's a-, a
1: cheer mom. Um, from my perspective, I, and I know there's a lot more that goes into it beside my perspective. If my daughters were on a team and there was 15 kids and there was only two stunt pods and there was kids left over, I would be like why? Why mm-hmm. why aren't why isn't there another one? I think it's just it gets a little bit annoying um yeah. because there are enough children to have another pod, but I also understand what you're saying when you would rather have two amazingly difficult stunts as opposed to three mediocre stunts. Yeah. So I understand that. Um,
0: Oh, so, me personally, we'd have three stunt groups up. That's what I would do, <laughs> for sure.
1: <Thank laughs> having,
0: yeah, we would have three stunt groups up. Um, yeah, we yeah that that's what I would do personally. Have three stunt groups up and make those kids like we're gonna get like we're gonna do the very best thing we can do with these three stunt groups. Um, that's it me personally, on- right? Like it's yeah. hard to have eight kids out there. Only eight kids are stunting, and the rest of those kids are just out there. You know, who, who knows what they're doing, right? Um, or you yeah. have front spots and you got the other, you know, five kids out there, uh, you know, doing nothing. So I personally would have the three sun groups. I think it looks better. I think it's just a better overall picture yeah. in yep. general. So, but I don't know. But as far as scoring is concerned, I'm not sure it has an impact on your stunt I don't think it has – I'm not sure how much of an impact it has. It doesn't have a concrete answer in stone that it's going to 100% always give you a higher score. That is yeah. not necessarily true. So you can't get frustrated over that. But I personally would have the three stunt groups up. So
1: Yeah.
0: And just, and just be mad when my score wasn't higher. Like I would just have to be bitter about that and just be like, why is my score higher? But, you know. That's I mean. unless yeah, I think the each, could obviously score higher, but anyway,
1: definitely. It just depends on the cheer gym and what's best for their gym. And then it also depends on their athletes because I'm not a coach, but I'm thinking in my head, if I have Susie, Sally and Sarah and Susie and Sally are amazing flyers and their pod is great. And every, like, they're just phenomenal. But Sarah is just kind of like, eh, she's good, but she's not as great as Susie and Sally. I I understand both sides of it. So it just depends on their gym.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. All those things factor into it. You might not even have another flyer. (laughs) And you know, I'm the guy at your gym going, take that kid out of the air. And you know, some of you guys who I go work with, you know, I work some uh, camps across the summer, clinics and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I'm like, yo. Gym owners know I tell them, like, yeah, it's time for homegirl come out with me. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. So um, I'm sorry for all the flyers who unknowingly have come out of the air because of me. Because I'm, like, telling the, the coach, like, yo, we got to do something. This I know. I know you love her. I love her, too. But now's the time. Yeah. So anyway. So if you want me to come work a camp for you, I'll at your boy. D A if you have a question for the question of the week, send them in. You can DM myself at Jason Larkins on Instagram, or you can DM the one, the only. Don't be less when you can be more at B.more triple underscore let's go. So yeah, we love answering your questions. Best part of the show. So um we want to get into this uh cheer a to Z. Yes. All right, so cheer A to Z. For those of you guys who do not know, cheer A to Z is for all of our new listeners. I go through the alphabet and I give a random coach tip. But a lot of these coach tips are like life tips in general too. So you can use yep. this uh, with your kids. You can use this at your, you know, at work. They all work. So, um, yep. I definitely. go through the alphabet. Yeah, go through the alphabet and go. Hey, here's our random coach tip for uh, this one. So we are on C. We are on C, and we're gonna go through all 26 letters eventually. It might not be every week, but. All 26 letters eventually. So we're on C. This week is cold call. Cold call. So, um, yeah, cold call is actually really good. It's one of my favorite things to do. It is very, very effective. And so, cold calling is when, and there's what we typically do as coaches, uh, teachers do this all the time. Let um, me guess at some point you had to do it. You know, you do it in the office, I guess. And, <clears throat> You're having a conversation. You know, you're leading. and Well, coaches do that. Well, I'll just put it in a coach's perspective. We're coaching the kids, and we go, all right, guys, um, who can tell me what the jump drivers are? And you just ask the crowd in general. Who can tell me what the jump drivers are? And you're looking at your team, and no kid wants to say anything. And you're, like, waiting for someone to raise their hands. And then you kind of do that whole, um... All right, it's like the first thing you do in the jump, you have to use, you know, and you're like waiting, and, and it has to do with your arms, right? And it starts with an A, approach, there you go. Uh, You're right, you do that whole thing, right? And when you, when you wait for the kids to answer the question, or when you wait for kids to raise their hands, It kills the momentum of practice because we know that most kids don't want to actually speak up and and say something. So when you cold call, you just call on someone. All right, uh, Susie, what is – give me a driver for jumps. And then Susie has to answer you because if you – one, if you've taught it – a couple things happen. If you've taught it efficiently enough or effectively enough, the kids know the answer. Most kids just don't want to answer the question, but they know it. Yeah. They just don't feel like actually volunteering their answer, right? So if you've taught it effectively enough, they know the answer. If you haven't taught it effectively enough, they don't know the answer. So that tells you I need to teach this more effectively cuz you know, I called on a kid, it wasn't that she was scared to answer, she just flat out didn't know the answer, right? So okay, it looks like I have to looks like I have to actually teach this more effectively. Um It also eliminates um, your most energetic, enthusiastic kid from answering the question again. Like, I know that Rebecca knows the answer. Someone aside from Rebecca, give me the answer to this question, right? And so a lot of times, there are kids who actually want to volunteer information to you, but they're kind of scared. And so when you call on someone, it kind of becomes – me and you are in this together, right? So when I say, hey, Brittany, give me your advice on this or give me your opinion on this, then you go inside, you can say, well, you asked for this, Jason. Like I, did, I didn't I did volunteer this myself. Yeah. You asked for this, right? And so the coach gets to kind of take shared response or the kid feels like the coach takes shared responsibility for whatever comes out of my mouth right now, right? Opposed yeah. to someone mm-hmm. just, volunteering information like no one asked for your opinion you know how many times no one asked for your opinion on that keep that to yourself right but now ask britney hey Brittany, give me your opinion on this you know well oh okay and you go okay hey that wasn't bad that was you know but we kind of share that experience together so like cold calling it one it keeps everyone on their toes which means my kids know i cold call so they have to stay ready with answers right they know that i go hey we're the jump drivers. Hey, uh, I what's what's this? What's, you know, and I just ask yeah. them randomly. And then they start knowing, okay, coaches cold calling people. I should be ready. I do it all the time at coaches conferences, uh, coaches conferences, coaches clinics. When I, when I go there, I start, you know, I cold call people. And then all of a sudden you see people perk up and they start getting their own questions ready. So I'll do a presentation and I'll go, hey, here's how you do X, Y, and Z. I do the whole presentation. You get to the end, uh, questions. All right, give me your question. Uh, and they're sitting there like, I didn't ask a question. All right, wasn't raising my hand. Yeah, I still want you to ask a question because I know you have a, you need to sit through that whole thing without a question, yep. right? All right, and they'll go, oh yeah. So I was wondering in the beginning, you talked about you know X, Y, and Z, which they never would have asked that question if I wouldn't have just called on them to give me that answer, right? Or to give me that question, right? And so once I do that a couple of times, You see everyone else start to, like, you know what? I should probably get a question ready because (laughs) he's going to call on me and I'm not trying to look stupid, right? And so it keeps the kids on their – well, keeps the kids on their toes, right? They know Coach is going to ask me a question, and it could be at random. It's not just going to be Rebecca answering all the questions. Um, It keeps the momentum going because as soon as you ask that question, uh, raise your hand if you know the answer to this. It's so deflating to say – raise your hand if you know the answer to this and not a single hand goes up. You're like, I'm going to kill you kids. Like, y'all really? Yeah. I, we spent all practice going over this last time and not a single one y'all going to raise your hands, right? So it's just better just to go, give me the answer. And you know, and they'll mumble through something or they'll give you the wrong, and even if it's a wrong answer, that's fine. Again, at least you know that you haven't taught it effectively enough and that you, you actually need to teach it Opposed to having all the kids, you know, eighty percent of kids know the answer, but zero percent of them actually want to, you know, move forward and, and answer it. So I do it at coaches' conferences. I do it at at cheer practice. I pretty much do it all the time. I do it at um, when we have our parent meetings for um, pretty much any time we have a parent meeting. I will like when we have our new programs roll in mid-season or. Uh, fundamentals or like any of those things. We have our parent meeting at the end. I do the whole presentation and I always start with dads. I'm always like, you dad, give me a question. Yeah. You know, All right. Yeah, yeah, I got this. And so, you know, so it's super cool. I always lightens up the mood, but I, you know, I always do it. It's, it's super effective. So, you know, I do it at our staff meetings. Our staff knows you better be ready because I'm, so I give quizzes at our staff meetings. Yes, I do give quizzes at our staff meetings, but I give quizzes at our staff meetings. And, um, you know, when we go over those quizzes, I'm like, yo, Josh, give me the answer to this one. <laughs> yeah, I know the answer to this one, right? But, you know, but it, that that same concept applies. So, anyway, that is um, that is C. You need to cold call and not wait for uh, people to uh, raise their hands and volunteer the answers themselves.
1: Yep. Good deal. Go. I like yeah. that one.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. I like that one. So, stay tuned because uh, maybe next week we'll do... The letter D. And I don't even know what D is because I have all these things written down somewhere. So, um, yeah, um, party people. I'm not sure how much time we have. Is there anything else we need to talk about, B?
1: No, we're good.
0: There we go. Guys, I love doing this podcast. I thank all of our new listeners for joining us. I don't. We're probably still going to be on here for another ten minutes. So don't like just click off the podcast. Oh, they're done. They're just wrapping up. No, who knows what we're going to talk about now? But um, guys, love doing this podcast. Love being on here. Um, it's just been great. It's really has been a great fifty episodes. I look forward to the next fifty. Um, we had Nashville coming up, which I'm super excited about. Yep. I keep saying yeah, every episode, I say I'm super excited about Nashville and just. You know, very thankful for just everything we've got going, so if you're new, welcome, subscribe um share this with a friend, send in your questions for the questions of the of the week um tag me in things you think we should talk about on the episode or in a future episode, and you know all of those good things be love Definitely. doing the pod with you. <clears throat>
1: me too i exercise. love this um if you are a parent that listens please uh, leave us a review if you don't mind um we're gonna read a review that we have from cheer mad dad so he said i have learned so much about cheer listening to this podcast if you're a cheer parent i cannot recommend this enough the issues they talk about play out in every gym get ready to hear some hard truths cheer mom and dad so cheer mad dad. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, guys. One of the easiest ways to support the channel, leave a five star rating, leave a review, like, share the post, the comments, or in comment, right? Those things. <clears throat> super simple, easy way to support the channel. If you want to support the channel more, you know, financially, click the link in the description. You can donate 99 cents a month. You could do that. I believe in you. That is you – know, that's one – if you do one private lesson and you make 30 bucks on that private lesson, you could donate forever to the podcast, right? For I was going to say all 30 yeah. days, but you don't want to do it all 30 days. Anyway, but that's all 30 days you could donate. But, you know, that pay, that's a sliver of it. So you can help support – why are we going to support the channel? Guys, it helps us get new equipment. It helps us advertise. It helps us – I need new rims. <laughs>
1: don't listen to jason he's crazy sometimes
0: i've never bought in rims for my car ever stock every day but anyway all right guys me too, me too. you rocking that them stock rims yeah. yeah so
1: it's been great i'm glad 50 episodes looking forward to the next 50 more so thank you for having me and inviting me on your podcast jason i love it and that's all i have
0: Guys, we're starting that California tour, that California coaches tour. We're starting it. We're going to do it. We got to set some dates, but we're going to start that California coaches tour. So be ready for that. Anyway, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. It has been real fun. B, let's do this. Five, six, seven, eight. We're out. We're out. Hey, guys, I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Do me a quick favor, hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about this podcast. It's a great way for you to show your support for the channel. I'm your host, Jason Larkins, and you've reached the end of Let's Talk Cheer with Jason. Thanks for listening.